Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey, it's State of State. We got your Nittany Line update. It's a football discussion with Tom and Justin. So kick back and press play. With former Penn State and NFL defensive back Justin King, I'm Tom Hannafin. This is State of State. This podcast is presented by Bet Online. College football season is in full swing, but so is Major League Baseball's postseason. And Bet Online is your number one source for all your baseball wagering info with up to the minute stats, news, scores, and matchup breakdowns. Get the latest game odds, spreads, and totals also for the NFL and, of course, college football at your fingertips with Bet Online's real time updates on statistics, news, and odds. Plus, Bet Online is everything you need to stay up to speed on each league championship. Championship series all the way through to the World Series. Head to betonline.ag today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Don't forget to use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B L E A V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. State of State is presented by Bet Online, where the game starts. Also, State of State is a proud supporter of Blue White Outfitters. Blue White Outfitters was created as a retail shop meant to highlight the confidence, competitiveness, and fearlessness of the elite athletes found throughout the history of Penn State University. Check out the Lockdown U and Lawn Boys merchandise today. All sales from Blue White Outfitters directly benefit Penn State student-athletes. Visit www.bluewhiteoutfitters.com today. And if you're looking for the perfect beer for Penn State football season, we've got you covered all season long with the State IPA. Special thanks to our friends at Funk Brewing for creating the best tailgate and game day beer for Nittany Lion fans. State IPA is available now at beer distributors, grocery stores, Funk's tap rooms, plus select bars and restaurants. Visit www.funkbrewing.com slash beers slash state dash IPA to learn where and how you can get state IPA. Check out the link in the description of this podcast for more information. Must be 21 years or older to purchase. Please drink responsibly. Welcome to State of State. I'm Justin King here with my my compadre, my brethren, Derek Williams, filling in for Tom Hannafin. Man, that's a rough, that's a rough one right there, man. Twelve to twenty lost Ohio State, man. What you thinking, Derek? Hey, you know what? Defense came to play, but the thing is, is brother, I just can't. You know, every year it's like, hey, these two games, are we okay with being in third place? You know, these are our two games that mean the most in the Big Ten. You know what it's like playing Ohio State. You know what it's like playing Michigan. Like, this is our talent versus their talent. Uh, it's going to be on the same level, not like any recruiting gaps or anything like that. It's, hey, we strap up our pads, you strap up your pads, and we go at it, you know. And um, I was fortunate to get two wins out of it, you know. But um, th- these are the games that matter in the Big Ten. It's not a big – you know, we're all on the same side because you're not going to see him again in the Big Ten, um, you know, championship. We, you got to win. Now, that's 100 percent facts, man, especially like Tyler said, man, this is unacceptable. Like at the end of the day, it's really hard to go into a game when you're playing a top three um, ranked team in the country and hold them to 13 points with, I mean, I don't know what, four minutes to go in the game. And to not have any momentum on offense and just having the firepower that we do have, I mean, some questionable calls, but this is one of those, one of those losses that, that hurts, man. Like to be completely honest with you. (laughs) 
most, most definitely it's one that hurts because you know you know how pivotal it is in the season of what 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 you want to accomplish ultimate goal here is to get to the national championship just to win you know second place third place it isn't good enough you know right. so we gotta we gotta figure that out and especially when we're coming in with all the expectation this year right like you talk about i mean we've been talking about drew just the lack of turnovers but you know you think of something that bruce Aarons used to say and it comes back to the reminiscent of the the um the conference last week when the guy was saying just throw it deep but it's like that no risk it no biscuit mentality where you gotta stay start taking shots and not just playing so conservative to where i mean the defense just sitting back and waiting for things to happen i, I mean drew was eight is this right? 18 for 40, 18 for 43, 191 and one touchdown. Like it's a pretty tough, that's tough sledding on offense. And well, and the thing is a lot of that was in garbage minutes too. Just, you know, just to, just to be honest. So you can look at the numbers, you can say we had one touchdown. I mean, I, I, at before the last drive, we had six, I think it was seven total yards on this in the second half. And that's very unacceptable. Um, you notice, Justin, like when you're planning our games, you have shot plays. Like, hey, we're going to take five or six shot plays a game. Um, if it's an interception, if it's a PI or whatever, but we got to blow the top off the coverage. Like, we got to take the shot. The one, you're 100% right. And the one thing that we can take from a positive standpoint is the, the defense, right? I know we keep harping on how elite the defense have, has been. And even though we look at the receiving yards for uh, Marvin Harrison or just him, having the game that he did have is it's it is it, mistelling because I feel like the defense did a great job containing him and everybody else on the offense, right? Like like hitting open zone coverages and crossing routes running. They ran a lot of mesh concepts, but I felt like they played lockdown defense at the beginning of the game. Daquan Hardy was making a lot of plays. Johnny Dixon was making uh a lot of plays. Lost you a little quick bit. And until the end, I mean, even Kalen, like they were challenging them, like they were all those guys were out there competing, but just towards the late end of, end of the game, I mean, McCord went 22 for 35, 286, and one touchdown. I mean, he worked for those, but like, it's so hard to play defense when you're not getting any help from the offense. What's something that you think you can see from the offensive receivers? I mean, that can lead to some more production or creating separation, I guess, against the Wait. defender. Well, you got to think this too right now. We got to get Drew moving around a little bit more. Right now, those guys were in cover one, zero. Sometimes they'll trick them, but a lot of it was man-to-man. There's some man-to-man beaters that we can do. And then one of the biggest man-to-man beaters is, hey, if no one's spying the quarterback, just show that you can run a little bit. You know what I mean? Make up some yards there where we got to take one guy off or or do some different things there. Um, as a receiver, I mean, these are the type of games you want because it's you. I mean, it's me against you. Um, and not to say it this way, with Marvin Harris, a lot of times too, we were playing man to man. So some of the best routes in the world, and you know this too, is crossing routes against man to man. A DB hates it. A DB hates going all the way across the field trying to trying to check someone. And with Marvin Harris right now, you know what I mean? Like I. As a receiver, what's the magical number for you to say I balled out? Right. A hundred. Right. <laughs> no. <got> <laughs> Let's take it to the comments real quick. But somebody that would definitely know what it means to like no risk and no biscuit. Uh former Big Ten offensive player of the year, Daryl Clark, jumped into the comments. We weren't I mean, aggressive. We, we 
<laughs> what up, DC? Shout out DC, the man that would know. We weren't aggressive enough downfield. So from like a former big time quarterback, I mean, you play with with Daryl. When it's when you're when you're having the mentality of taking shots down the field, we heard the the announcer or not the announcer, but the reporter last week asked James, like, "Will you just throw it deep?" Was there ever a, a time where you and Daryl and Dion and all you guys, I mean, were just like, "Look, man." We got one on one, like just bomb away. I don't care what the coach says. Like, how is that mentality of attacking the ball down the field? You, you know, one thing I will say is Drew is young, but I'll tell you this right now this game right now, I mean, it's a big business. So, young, old, or whatever, I'm not making excuses of that. But one thing I can say about someone like Daryl is if we got one on one coverage, I don't care if we're locked up or anything like that. We drop the ball, we get pass interference. He knows, hey, take that shot. You know what I mean? So with Dion, with myself, uh, with Jordan, he was take he was looking downfield, you know. And um, some of his hit some of his reads were you got to look down and work yourself back up, you know. So he did a good job of that, um, you know. So was, I mean, it, it's just some things, and I definitely say this: we played very conservative, and to be honest, conservative, we've been playing that all year. We just haven't been going against the talent that matches up with us, right? Right. I mean, there's somebody in the in the comments that just said that Frank will just show it real quick. Frank Wibble offense was horror. Play calling was so vanilla. And I have to I have to agree with him. I mean, I don't, feel, I don't feel like we stretched the field. I mean, there were some times where we got involved, the, the tight ends involved. But even from like the trick plays and what we got out of that, I guess you would say that's opening up the play column. But not really when you don't establish any level of identity against a team like Ohio State. Like you said, when you're playing against talent. Like that, it it starts to show. Like Ohio State didn't pull out some genius game plan or like exotic offense. Like they were running mesh, let's, they were running wheel let, route. Let's, <laughs> let's let's be clear about this. Ohio State is down this year. It's not right. like a, a Ohio State that they're, they're down right now. Like it, nothing, nothing really was exciting about them either. But the thing is, is that hey. You know, they had they had a guy on the outside and and even with uh what's number one's name? Uh the our number one receiver. Keandre Lambert Smith. I mean with with Ke Keandre, you gotta take a shot. That's your number one guy. Take a shot. You know, and I think that was the difference with Marvin Harris. I don't I don't care. Like the the quarterback that Ohio State has, I mean, you gotta take a shot with him. Keandre needs those shots too. If that if you're gonna call him number one, you need to get those shots. No, that's a great point. And we think about Drew having a great year and managing the game well. We've known Bo uh, Prabula to have a lot of production when he's come in the game. So just take it back to the comments here for a little bit. But I think a change to uh, Prabula would have been a good idea. Maybe create a spark, at least change it up, change it up some. How do you think they could have approached the game using just more of a dual threat quarterback look to give Ohio State uh I guess a different change of pace on offense. Look, here's the thing. I think that Drew is a big time talent, right? I think the offense that we're running and the offense that we've run for years, you need a dual threat quarterback. Trace McShorley, Sean and all that, you know, those guys to be, I mean, they were dual th threat quarterbacks, but it's a lot of dual threat quarterbacks out there that, you know, can do a lot of things right there. And, um, you know, I, I think that we got to figure out the system that fits Drew. You know, it, it was different even when I was playing. Like, it was different from Mike Robb to Morelli to Morelli to, you know, Daryl Clark. Like, you know, all of them were big-time talents, but 
the system that they had to play in, that's what fit them better. You know, it's, it's, it's gotta be, you gotta try to fit, like have the right fit at quarterback um, uh, when you're there. No, that's a hundred percent fact. Going back to another comment, Penn State, Penn State needs to go all out next week on Michigan. It's going to be a very tough. I mean, we got Indiana coming up. I mean, got to kind of clean this up on the offensive side of the on the on the board. I mean, it's one thing like when coaches are in there drawing up things. It's you do the self scout and then you look at your production. It's like, oh, we've been averaging 40, 40 points a game by doing it this way, and then you come out with, like you said, a team that's talented. And I mean, the vanilla play calling or just no risk it. Uh, type of mentality, I mean, not really giving you the productivity or just points that you're looking for. So moving up to a team like Michigan, what do you think they need to like iron out before they play against a physical, I mean, a physical dominating opponent like Ohio State or Michigan coming up in the next couple of weeks? Man, you know, I, I think right now, some even with the guys and somebody in the receiving core, like, you know, I, I think you kind of got to go with the attitude of, hey, bro, you got to th throw me the ball. Give me some opportunities. Um, it, right now, it's not a spark. It's not fun to watch. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's very conservative. Um, so you, somebody's got to step up where we got to figure out, you know, how we can how we can create a spark on offense. Because if the defense is holding people to 13 points or, you know, 20 points, it's supposed to win. You're supposed to have the guys and supposed to take the things where you're, you're going to win, especially against those top programs like that. Yeah. And with that being said, I mean, at the beginning of the game, they seem to be running the ball in an efficient manner. I feel like at one point I was like, uh, Nick Singleton is going to break one here. I mean, he was getting into the secondary. He was engaging blockers four or five yards down the field. And then they kind of abandoned it to have some movement passes and things of that nature um, early in the game. From my perspective on the defensive side, I don't know if they just felt like it was loosening up. From a receiver standpoint, when you're successful running the ball, what do you like? What do you think the mentality is from an offensive perspective to kind of abandon that a little bit and go to straight passing? And here's the thing: in those type of games right there, especially you know your Ohio State's, Michigan's, usually they come down to certain drives and periods. As a receiver in those type of games, you understand, like, hey, if something's working, we got to go. We got to get this win. I'm not looking for my numbers, not looking for anything. If, I, if I'm going to get my number called on it, I got to make my play. But, you know, if running's working, I need to block my ass off. You know what I mean? And to be honest, that I think it was like in the second quarter when our running game kind of opened up a little bit. And we caught Ohio State out of out of position probably, I think it was two or three times in, in, in that drive that kind of you know, sparked our running game. Um, so at that point in time, we, we needed to make a play. Like we needed to, you know, um, we needed to get a touchdown. We needed to get something right there to flip, you know, just the momentum right there. No, that's a, I mean, that's a fact. I mean, they came out, I agree with Derek, offense needs to match the quarterback. If the receivers aren't downfield threats, then a mobile quarterback helps things open up. I mean, that's, again, our guy, Rob, giving just some heads up to what you were saying about, the dynamic of having a dual threat quarterback. And even with that, I mean, I think that even from the beginning of the game, like just the way we were playing defense at an elite level, the field goals were keeping us in the game. But how do you overcome going 0 for 11 on third downs throughout the whole game and expect to be a top, I mean, a top three team at the end of the day and not to just rag on the office because it was just, it's hard to not, talk about anything else from that standpoint but is there anything from the defensive side of the ball 
Derek, that kind of stuck out, stood out to you, I mean, positive or negative? Look, yeah, I, I, like I said, when you're playing against a guy uh, like Marvin Harrison Jr., man, you got to take your chances. It was sometimes on there, and, I, you know, I'm not a DB, you are. Um, it was sometimes we was third and four, and you're playing, man, you're playing eight yards or nine yards back, and you're just giving up quick, quick uh, passes. And you know the quarterback's first read is going to be him right now. Uh, but, you know, the D-line, all those guys, they did good. And like I said, it's it's a thing where we held them all the way through the fourth quarter, 13 points. We're supposed to win. We're supposed to help you guys out. Going 0 for 10, first of all, we're getting more injuries. We're getting you guys tired. Y'all y'all not getting no rest. Like, a lot of that is on our side right there. No, that, that's a fact. And like, I mean, you talk about circling this game all season. I know I've been saying it's going to – it's one of the – biggest games of James's tenure at Penn State and as it should have been right when you talk about just the expectations going into the game where our talent level is um from just a full team perspective and it, it is disappointing to have the expectation the, the the stage set and then come out and have that type of offensive performance and not that I mean, yeah, it, it was it was pretty bad. It was hard to watch, just just from yeah, from being very, so explosive. Very very hard to watch. And then as an alumni, as uh, a fan of Penn State, you got to figure out, man, when are we going to stop being a second tier team? And I, I'm saying Penn State's a second tier team right now. You know what I mean? We're happy with being third in the Big Ten. You know what I mean? Every year it's like, oh, we went to the Rose Bowl. Yeah, we went to the Rose Bowl, but it, yeah, they paid us well, but. We were third still, and that's happy. You know what I mean? Right now, if you really think about Ohio State, if they lose to Michigan, Ryan Day might get fired. You know what I mean? That's a tier one program. And not saying that about Franklin, but we got to take that step as far as being able to compete with Michigan and on a consistent thing. And we beat Michigan some, but we got we to gotta be able to beat Ohio State and convince, oh. like, in, in, a, in a great way, not just like off of a block field goal, but like a – we're beating them. You're 100 percent right because I, I saw a tweet earlier. Someone had said from the on the media side, like, "Oh, this is this the day that Penn State becomes an elite program," and they they were it was almost it was like a gloating thing. But in the whole comments, it was Ohio State fans like, "Well, that's the greatest compliment ever." Where we like base our whole existence off of beating them, where they're just kind of like, "It's a big game. We beat Penn State. Doesn't really change too much about us when we beat them, but for us to beat them, we're considered an elite program." I always felt like we matched up well. I mean, from just a talent standpoint against Ohio State, what do you think? I mean, when we played there, right, it was we two and you know, our class went two and two against Ohio State. What do you think this program needs to do, or what obstacles do they need to jump over to be on that same tier one level as like people view Ohio State and Michigan? Oh man, um. You know what? I, I think that's a hard one because it's so much of just the the little things that matter to beat those guys. You know what I mean? It's so even sometimes that, you know, it, you know, it comes down to one possession. Um, one thing that I can say when we was there, the times that we beat Ohio State, the times that we beat Michigan. Um, and again, I've had great quarterbacks and all of that. We had quarterbacks that fit our whole person pers personnel uh, when we beat those guys. We had the offense all the way around that, you know, we, 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 if running and passing wasn't there, we had a court, we had a quarterback that can break one out for 20 yards, you know? So, 
um, at that point in time, you know, we just had all of the pieces in the right place. It wasn't a question, you know, and uh, we put our talent against theirs and we showed up on the times we beat them there. That's real because, like, we talk about the talents of, of showing up or expecting to beat them. It's not, it's, it's obviously a big game because you respect your opponent, but it's like there is an expectation to win based on like how we play the game. Um, yep. Put this up. Lex has said, we need some receivers. Like, we have one receiver front with, you know, Keandre, who's been making plays. Uh, we had a transfer in of Dante Cephas, um, Malik McClain. We had just different guys coming back. Is there are there any receivers that you've seen that need to kind of step up? You you know what? Here's the thing, and I I played receiver, played in the NFL, and everything like that. Receiver is the most expendable position in football, right? Because you can make a receiver look really really good if you if like you're you're ahead of the defense. Mm. So you think about even in the NFL. Let's think about this: the the talent that comes from receiver position. They come from D2 schools, smaller schools, all this other stuff. So these guys never were looked at as big-time wide receivers. But let's put them in position to, to make plays. So I think also it's not just the receivers. It's putting guys in the right position to make the plays. We're doing all that check with me when we're looking over there and everything like that. Put your guys in the right positions to make plays. Right. Um, you know, like – I just think about like guys like let's say Antonio Brown he came from Central Michigan. Nobody really heard of him in the NFL. Nobody heard of him when he was in college, but right. he got in the NFL and was in a right system. So we got to figure out our system as far as what's going on and to get these guys open. It, it works hand in hand from the offensive coordinator to the quarterbacks to the play calling to the strategy to like you said, and then to, to the the actual personnel traits and them being able to make plays. There were some moments in the game where even the announcers were bringing up the blanket coverage from Ohio State. Obviously, we've seen Penn State kind of playing elite defense, fourth down stops, pass breakups, Daquan Hardy playing a big-time game, Johnny Dixon, all those guys making plays, uh, Zaki Wheatley with the fourth down stop um, on there. But when they were talking about Drew Aller and the way he was playing or just the lack of throwing down the field, it was a very balanced thing from where there's I guess where they're seeing the all 22 film from the press box of like the receivers are covered because sometimes from the TV copy you, you can't really see what's happening or if they're open and like the receivers just missing it but there were I think there was a combination of everything where receivers weren't getting open and when they were getting open Drew wasn't as accurate as he was what did we go 19 for 40 something today like yep. I gotta find the, the stop the uh, box score but when you have that type of a situation, man, like again, it is hard to beat a team with like Ohio State. Like you said, even on a down type of year. And that's yep. just unfortunate. Yeah, most most definitely. And, uh, you know, like like I said, what coverage did you see them play a lot of, right, when you were out there? Ohio when State? Yep. Or Ohio State. I mean, oh. today they were playing a lot of man coverage. Like they were manning up across the just, board. <laughs> just think about just think about what what happens when you go three by one and you put them tight in a bunch and you're playing man and they got to go through all that traffic to find a receiver. Just like they were doing with Marvin Harris on the touchdown that he did, or whatever it is like that. What happens? You got to go through traffic. That was nothing that Marvin Harris did. That was nothing, right? That was the play call that went through traffic and gave him the ball and gave him the opportunity because. You know, that's just how it works. 
And even so on the Penn State side, like you're 100% right. I think early on when they were going man against uh, Marvin Harrison on the crossing rounds, I think they were doing a pretty decent job because they had DBs that can chase them down and tackle them in the flat. Yes. And they started getting the linebackers and having to play a little softer on the on the back end, whether it's from the running or trying to stop the run. It seemed like he started getting picked up on uh, the linebackers and getting him, getting them situated into the passing game, whether it was the, the outside rail route where DeLuca was supposed to continue to move up with him. There was one yeah. where Abdul Carter had the crossing route, and I think at the end of the game, he crossed another linebacker's face where it's just like, like you said, finding those matchups to put your personnel in a position to win. And I think yes. there's that's the coaching part. And then there's the part where, like you said, you play man-to-man, and if a team plays you man-to-man, now that's on the player and the talent to beat the other player, yes, right? Like. Coach can help with, oh, crossing routes, rubbing routes, but like, yo, you got to get away from the guy. You got to yep. get off your jam. You got to make sure you do the rub right, right, rub route, and do all those things because we had a good system, but like you, Derek, Dion, everybody that we play with, I mean, we're playmakers, and you guys had the mentality of, oh, if it's one-on-one, I'm eating, and I, I, I'm not going to be stopped. Like, yep. you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> so we see that happening, and it, it gets kind of, I mean, it was just frustrating to watch. Matthew, we got 30... Not having over 30 carries today is borderline criminal. We mentioned it earlier about getting away from the run game because it seemed like they were attacking them with a nice physicality, doing what they wanted to do on offense. Like I said, there was a little spurt there where it seemed like Nick was going to break one. But yeah. to kind of veer away from it and get a little cute in the passing game seemed to play right into Ohio State's hands. Like they it didn't seem like Drew had that many clean pockets, had to stay with the quick passes and they were getting penetration in the back. And, and then the thing too, is sometimes with those, you know, even with running with the carries and stuff like that, if it's a defense that's going low eight in the box, you can't run the ball. Like you got to throw it out of there. And they were daring us to throw really, you know what right. I mean? If you got eight in the box and we're doing check with me, my knowledge of football, I'm not going to run into something I can't block right now. I need to pass the ball. You know what I mean? So you we, we got to – you got also – I understand run the ball 30 times or whatever it is like that. But when you're in that game and you're looking at eight in the box, usually that's telling you to throw the ball. You know, yeah. so we got to do that. No, that's that's a – I mean, that's a complete fact. Because yeah, you have to – I mean, you just have to be productive in those things. And then there's – I mean, a lot of the fans are talking about the vanilla play call and having an attack mode. But, I mean – like you said, you have to make plays. Like my guy here said, Paul, I mean, at the end of the day, football is a pretty simple game. If you can't score TDs, you won't win it many games. And that is uh, honest to God truth. I mean, the field goals kept us in the, in the game from the first half and even through the second half. And like at the same time, Ohio State's offense wasn't just super explosive. They scored 13 points at the end of the fourth, at the end of the fourth quarter, like at, at Penn State's defense. I mean, that's a frustrating loss to have, but like you should feel good about keeping an offense like that under wraps to that point. But you have to look to the offense and just understand, like, we need some help out here, man. Like, to take the like, you know what I mean? Because it's it, it, it's bad. And the one thing that I don't like when we play teams like that is like the trick plays. Like, well, how do you feel as an offensive player when you run trick plays multiple times and it's like? They well, kind of. You gotta think. I was. I was almost Mister Trick Play. You know. But they work though. But they work. They work most of the time. <laughs> but, 
but I mean, you know, you gotta. First off, man, you gotta set it up. You know what I mean? At least set it up. You know, so I mean, even even that two point play that we just tried to do at the end of the game, it was like, okay, all right, we're gonna throw a double pass for this two man. Go and get the ball. Like, call your best play, not a trick play, right now. Yeah, I I, 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 I was in the group message. All the homies was on there. We kind of laughed at that one because you know I'm always kind of the coach apologist. Like, ah oh, man, they you don't know what they might have saw. They might have seen something like you know thinking from the coach's kid. But when I saw that the double pass, I was like, oh, man, we ain't doing that right now. Because <laughs> I you know I'm talking stuff on I'm on TV, man, like. This is a big game. We talking stuff, and it's just like, come on, bro, help these guys out. Don't yeah, don't make them be out here looking, you know, looking yeah, kind of sus we, with that. <laughs> we got we got to help. And, and here's the thing, man. Like, you know, the what is coming down because that was a frustrating loss. What is coming down to is every week you see these guys saying one and zero, one and zero, one and zero, and everybody's going to start saying, yeah, one and zero. What about when we play Ohio State and Michigan? <laughs> like, come on, now. I understand. You can throw the wind up, the W. Yeah, we, we yeah, just yeah. beat. We yeah, just yeah. beat. We just beat. Uh, you know, we just beat some garbage. But yeah, one and zero. Hey, what happens when we play the talent that's that's with us now? Like, yeah, I mean, we, we got to start moving forward now. I mean, that is the case, man. And like you said, one and zero keeps it keeps the keeps it keeps it process oriented and keeps objective close but like we can't you can't ignore like all right what is it want to know when we play them because i know like, you got homies that went to ohio uh, state i got be, homies that be, went to ohio be, state of michigan be realistic. <laughs> like understand this we understand we want to win every game but you circle ohio state michigan like dog this 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 kind of tells us our season right now we got we got to be right no, nah, man, we got another uh, fan question for you. Derek, welcome to the show. Uh, despite the horrible loss, do you have any hopes on the rest of the season against Michigan especially, or are you just skeptical as I am right now? <laughs> hey, my my honest, like, honest truth is, like, we lost. Do I have any hope to come in second? Nah, man, we try again next year. <laughs> <laughs> So like so now we're back to the point of there's no way that we can even look and in getting into a, a playoff or even winning the Big Ten if Ohio State slips up because I feel like I don't feel like they're I don't feel like Ohio State's safe the rest of the year to be no, completely I honest. I don't I, they will they will lose probably to Michigan but the problem is is the way that we just showed up on offense and they were <laughs> like let me put this in college football playoffs you get no views <laughs> you know I mean? no views. So let's try this again next year. Yeah, man. I I, I wasn't dog. That's that's real, man. I I mean, because you're right. Now you're getting into the viewership of like how the fans want to see what's going on. But based on the stats, coming in the game, forty points a game. Like you're right though, because I, I it hurts yeah, if, when I if, see if, people. If if I'm in the eighth grade playing against a kindergarten, I should put forty points up again too. You know what I mean? I'm not, I, and I'm not saying that I'm not saying about we played West Virginia. Who did we just play? Uh, UMass, great, good job. You right. know what I mean? If I, you know, but if I my talent is that much better, that's what I'm supposed to do. Now let's go where the talent is the same. You gotta you gotta do it. Got one from take it to the comments. Brian Reed, why didn't we mix in Bo with how much Drew was struggling? 
That's a that's a good question to be completely I mean to be completely honest be, because it just didn't seem like we were getting any rhythm in the type of offense that we were running. Derek mentioned earlier that we've had success in the past with dual threat quarterbacks, whether it was in the past with Mike Robb transitioning Morelli back to Daryl Clark or even Trace McSorley coming from Hackenberg to Trace McSorley and the different backups to Sean Clifford to now. And it's a, a different type of offense. Having that multidisciplinary uh, guy back there, I mean, you get out of different get out of trouble, man. The clock was collapsing and Drew couldn't go anywhere. And even just changing up the defense. I mean, as a defensive player, having a, a quarterback or having a, playing an offense that brings in a dual threat quarterback and a passing quarterback just keeps you on your heels and not let you just tee off. I feel like what Mike has, Mike Yurcich has been doing well all season from keeping the defense honest. I, I mean, we know it hasn't been the same type of talent as Ohio State because they challenged those guys today. But that like they were teeing off on a on Penn State. It seemed like they had a beat on whatever that they had going on. They didn't respect the receivers. They were manning up across the board and just like, hey, this try to beat us with this game plan because we got the same type do of athletes you, as you do guys do. Do you ever think, let's say, a D coordinator is like, hey, if they're gonna beat me, they're gonna beat me this way. So I'm going to shut down the run, which they didn't do a great job at. Like we said, we saw a drive where they were running the ball, but I thought that Ohio State was daring us to throw the ball. And if somebody was going to beat us, they was going to say, okay, we got this young quarterback in, yada, yada, but he's going to have to beat me with his arm. And, I mean, that's how, that's how sometimes you got to come into the game. You know, and for us on, on uh, at a, you know, at Ohio State, we kind of shut down the run too. They didn't really run the ball. Right. You know what I mean? Maybe I would have said, hey, every if somebody's gonna be if it if it's gonna be somebody that doesn't be Margaret Harris not gonna be me, I'm gonna put two people on them just like they used to do on Calvin. And we're gonna test everybody else. We're gonna test all everybody else out. No, that's a fact. Hey Cross say got me dying, man. So real. They're coming with that real talk about this football game. At the end of the day, I mean, you see that. What was your what's your interpretation or what's your eval? of how Kalen King did against Marvin Harrison. I know he was traveling around with him throughout the, uh, throughout the game. And I mean, what's, the numbers. What's, 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 Kevin, what's Caleb King's? Uh, Caleb's four. Projection? I mean, but what's his projection? projection? Yeah. First round. What's Marvin Harrison's projection? First round. How many yards he had? Buck 62. For 11 catches, buck 62, one touchdown. He go, Caleb King going to sleep real good tonight. <laughs> that, hey. that that means you lose that one, brother. You lose hey. that one. I mean, plain and simple, like, you know, sometimes if some things ain't your fault or whatever, but when he lined up, when you how many did you win? How many did you lose? But when you're looking at the numbers, as a receiver, I balled out when I had 100. Everybody, hey, when I get 100, I balled out. Don't so, really care where it comes from. Don't, care, I, don't I, care where it comes from. Yeah, I'm going to have to get the other side of that because I play against receivers where I feel I had a good game. And, like, they had yards. But I'm like, man, I had five pass breakups. I did this. They caught hitches. and did whoop de woo I feel you from a receiver standpoint. But from the other side, I do think he played a solid game from a competitive standpoint. Marvin Harrison got off. And he got off. Kudos to Ryan Day and their offense for finding different modes because all his chunk plays came against – uh playing against uh, a linebacker. So I do get it from a receiver standpoint. Y'all got to get y'all's and y'all talk like that. But, but you, you got to understand the setup for it. What happened was, is in the first quarter, they was like, oh, Caleb King is traveling around with Marvin Harris. Mm -hmm. That's what the broadcast That was the set. Yep, that was the setup. 
So, so as a fan, now when you see, hear that, and maybe he did, you know, he got a lot of that was against uh, linebackers. But as a fan, when you hear that, now what you're saying is, damn, Caleb King is following him around the whole game. What is he doing? Might not be his fault, but that's it was just a setup with that. No, that's 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 a that's a fact. That's a definite fact. Here's a question. We'll take one from Matthew. Did the atmosphere look too big for Aller in your guys' opinion? I can jump in from there. I don't know if the if the atmosphere looked too large for him. I think he was they were just smothering him. And he started to look like a first year starting quarterback for the first time all year, where he didn't have clean pockets. So he's throwing the ball. He wasn't as accurate as he typically is. I mean, they were having a Hard time creating separation from the receiver, not to beat a dead horse with that. But I think that started to get to him a little bit, right? And especially when you're trying to run the ball and get away from that a little bit. This is probably the worst, um, like, pass percentage he's had, I mean, all season. We're still stuck, I mean, 18 for 43, 191 yards, 4.4 yards per catch. That's like a, it's like a running back. Man, like yeah. you know what I mean? Like that's that's pretty that's tough sled. Nick Singleton have average five yards a carry. So when you start looking at those different type of things, to you, did the atmosphere look too big or did it look like things were just breaking down all around? Look, guys, I mean, from here's the thing. State college the atmosphere is amazing. I know that's your fans, but it's it's amazing. Like to be totally honest, and I'm I know I'm a Penn State fan, playing in the horseshoe is not that bad. You know, you it's not really not really crazy. <laughs> like, I mean, if you if you really wanted to know Wisconsin, yeah, I can get that. But the horseshoe is really not that bad. I don't think the atmosphere got to him. I think again, you know, right now he's a young guy. They uh, they were daring him to throw, and they were, you know, it, it was a lot of pressure that was there. Um, and um, you know, I I think it could have been some things, and I think we were trying to get the ball out of his hands uh, quicker than you know, and to help him out. But all that, you know, the atmosphere of being away and all that other stuff at Ohio State is its honestly really not that bad. No, that's a great point. I, I don't think Ohio State or Michigan are that crazy away. It's beating the players and the coaching. Yeah. Bring back the spread HD offense. What do you think this offense would look like or would need to do to kind of emulate that spread HD offense that you guys used to run. Man, we got a uh, Daryl. How old is Daryl Clark? About 40. He can still, he can still, he can still run and throw that thing. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we had, a, we had, we had uh, some good guys that was in there. Me, I, I'm too old for that. No, but, that's funny. Like, I, 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 you know, I, I think right now, you know, just got to find creative ways to get, get your playmakers the ball. You're 100% right. And even when you say like creative ways, I think of when I used, we used to do those different spread offenses and I would run the wheel route going, and it would be a lot of matchup situations where get on a nickel, get on a linebacker. And those were the type of opportunities where we made a lot of chunk plays. And then the fact that we had four guys that can do it and had the mentality of like, Oh, once we get the ball, we can, we can, threaten the defense and stretch it out a lot. I, I mean, you gotta, you have to attack it. No risk and no biscuit. It does start with the mentality first and having guys that can move the sticks I, and do that. 
I got a question for you. And look, I know I was an ex-player, and I don't want to talk about players, but this one kind of irked me a little bit. Who's the dude that scored the touchdown at the end of receiver? Caden Saunders. You know, they reviewed it. They put the camera on him. He was smiling. It's a, I would have been mad as hell, loser. <laughs> and looking at him and smiling, bro? Like, what the hell he's, are you smiling for? I want to say he's from Columbus, too. Oh, all right. I, so he's yeah. at, so maybe he's at the crib. Like, well, I got well, I think he's from Columbus. Well, to, say well today it ain't no smiler. You go out to get it back on there. It ain't no smiler. <laughs> no, a, you're right picture. though. I no, you're hundred percent right. I didn't I didn't see that because I saw I heard it like, oh, somebody scored a touchdown and uh that whole thing went through. But I wanna say he's from I wanna say he's from Columbus or somewhere now, in Ohio. Now, now what can change is that type of attitude. He's from he is from Columbus. Dag, he All was right. oh don't tell me he was double you caught him double aging it from Columbus. <laughs> Look, that, that type of attitude we could change a little bit. You know what I mean? That right there, like the moral victory and all that other stuff, bro. We supposed to be a tier one team. We losing. Look, we're gonna have to win on something. Something's gonna have to make me feel better. And us losing and stuff like like yeah, that that ain't sit right with me. And I know I'm a competitor. And all that other stuff like that, but I, I'm not going to smile after, after you know somebody then spanked me a little bit. I, I'm with you 100. percent Like Matthew said, I don't know if these kids got the killer instinct you guys had. D. Will, I mean that, that that is real. There is a mentality, and when you're coming to the game and like what guys worried about, I don't know if it's an nil thing, you get your views up Instagram, but it, it's like yo, we out here competing. Like there's a level of like there's the business side, but like you said, like I mean we we can't be doing that. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> call them on TV with the pearly white. Call on TV, like, he's, <laughs> <laughs> like the pearly white. was that maybe that was his first career touchdown? I don't know, but I, I can, I, I, I think, completely. Uh, no, it, it was his first. It was his first. I, I, I still, I still agree with you though. I still, I, I still completely agree with you. But man, Nick Singleton only. I mean, dang, I'm looking at these box scores, trying to keep up with the comments. But nine carries, 48 yards. Keandre Lambert, six six catches, 52 yards. Penn State loses 12 to 20. I mean, the score doesn't look that bad. It's going to go across the screen. And national media is like, oh, it was a close five game. So I think that keeps us in that. But when we're talking about the Big Ten media or just this region and understanding, like you said, being a, ter- a third-tier team, like Chris from Press, uh, Penn State said, no disrespect to me, Diaz and the defense, but if a team like Ohio State can dominate us, Never going to be as least we want to be or forever de- destined to be third place. I I agree. Two things can be true, Chris. I would say that I don't have, think it has anything to do with uh, Manny Diaz and the defense. I think what Derek was saying is that you have an elite defense and a comparable offense to be able to win in college sports. Yeah. But regardless of that, we will still be in third place if we can't score points against a team like Ohio State or beat a team like Ohio State because I think we play well enough on defense and even – from some stuff, some different areas on offense. The offense was just, it was just, that was bad. That was hard and, to watch. And, and and to be honest, this was our year to do it because next year the Big Ten's not going to look the same. So we got to, we got to, we got to figure it out and make sure that we, this Michigan game is going to mean a lot for their, their, their uh, trajectory of, Honestly, pretty much our, our our future in Penn State because USC, Oregon, and all those guys are coming in. We need to make sure that we we had that top tier there. No, that's that's a great point. Another Chris, another point from Chris. 
convinced that the rest were against us. You know, we play in a way you got to deal with the rest. So I think the scoop and score wasn't flagged and would have won in OT. And that's hey, interesting. Chris, I, don't mean, I don't mean no harm, bro. That was a hole, bro. No, no, but I, you know, I'm just it, being it, honest. It, it was a hole. You're absolutely right. Cause like that was a killer on, that was a killer moment for our defense and just the team in general. Cause I think there was a moment where that play stands. Great play by Curtis Jacobs, scoop, score, Superman type play, goes back 70 yards. But to have an offensive, a defensive holding and then come back and have another penalty. And then I think there was a, a third consecutive penalty after that to where they were able to score. Or I, mean, now, I think they still held up. Now, now the personal foul with the with, with the, electric, the like the late hit and all that, I can say that that was questionable because I think he was letting he was letting them go. You know yeah, what I mean? Now, sure. The, it, the the hold and all that. I mean, it was a hold. You know, and right now we just can't we can't we can't do that if we want to win right now. But the thing is, it's hey at that point in time they put Marvin Harris at a different. They put him in a the slot. They moved him around. Did everything like that. Like. You know, kudos to them for that, but it was a hold on that one. No, a hundred percent. And I let's finish with this last comment here. Another one from our guy Matthew, who's been real uh engaged this whole time. And thanks for everybody that's been jumping on, jumping on with live with us and talking a little bit about this hurtful, hurtful loss. I mean, I know I've talked a lot of stuff, so my phone's blowing up with uh people trying to get their money for bets. But anyway, yes, but I want to beat Ohio State straight up, not because of a block field goal or defensive touchdown. I do understand. I think that's what Derek was mentioning earlier. It's just like, yo, we play these type of guys. You have to win the matchups that you have and have that that mentality that, yo, we got to take it to these guys, right? Like, we're no risk it, no biscuit. Like, we're not going not gonna to beat them by being conservative in our approach. And so I do feel that where it's like, yeah, you don't want to win with blocked field goals or just some miraculous uh, reception type of thing going on. But Really beat them straight up and just showing where we are as a program. But I guess right now, time will still tell for the rest of the season and where we're at as an elite or great program. I mean, six and one, that's a tough loss on the offense, but we got to clean up a lot of different things on the offense. Receivers, we got to get involved. We got to have a bounce back game from Drew, getting ready for Ohio State. But before we get, not Ohio State, before Michigan, got Indiana coming up and clean up these different things that we got going on. And Try to make a run and still hit a big bowl game this year. I understand Indiana's one to know, but we got a practice game coming up before we play a real big game. Hey, like, it, all, right it all starts with the mentality, man. Like, that is a fact. Everybody, I really appreciate you guys for jumping on the live with us. And we are out of here. Thanks again. Again, State of State, a Penn State football show. Me and Derek Williams, check us out. And we'll have the preview show dropping this Wednesday. Me and Tom will get you guys ready for Indiana coming up. Thank you all so much for joining us. This episode and our entire library of shows is available now on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, and wherever else you get your podcasts. And of course, let us know what you think of the show on Twitter, at TheKing1 and at Tom Hannafin. State of State is presented by Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.